Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back to Adam Screaming. This is Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. If I didn't have a headache right now, I would have screamed right into the mic. Um, yes, we are pumping the Nas. We have uh, gone right through the Fast Saga. This is the last one of Z Cannon. Uh, this is the last one that qualifies in that little uh, the window of Z Cannon. So this, I don't want to say it's our last Fast and Furious movie because we didn't cover too fast. We might rec- go back one day like reverse the car if you will but for the most part <laughs> jesus christ but i think until the next fast movie this is our last one for a while so what i'm saying is you're welcome listeners you're spared of my bullshit for at least two more years spared um, of your bullshit buddy when do you think this podcast is ending because it's never ending uh so this is the last episode of z canon i i want to <laughs> announce it uh no um, but we have a very very special guest you could even say he's part of the toretto family um, if he wants to introduce himself. Hello, everybody. It's Ernest from the We Bought a Mic podcast. Adam's screaming. I'm dancing. Because this that, this movie makes me do a little dance. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm curious, man, because I, I, I've been keeping up with your letterbox. We have a group chat. Like, we all keep in touch with, like, what we're watching. But, so, like, when's the last time, like... Like, how many times have you seen this movie? Do you have any memories with it? Like, what's your history with Fast? I mean, like, the Fast saga in general. Well, before I, I get into that, I just want to say thank you for having me back. I I am so excited to be back because Adam sent me a last-minute text last night <laughs> um, about coming on the show. And I felt like the crew in Fast Five getting the call to come to Rio. <laughs> no questions asked. Just come to Rio. What What do I bring? What do I pack? Are you not going to give me any information? No, just come to Rio. It's for a big job. And they they did, and I did. And yeah. now we're here. This is just like when uh, Ben Affleck told Jeremy Renner in the town, like, no questions asked. You just want to fuck some guys up. You ready? Let's go. Yes. Like, this is, this is literally... I am there. <laughs> I don't have a corona. But I do have a little bit of uh, white wine, which is the closest thing I could get to a Corona. Because as we do know, you can have any brew as long as it's a Corona. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, no, I'm going to save that for later. I was going to say something about Fast 9, but I'll save that for a little bit. So yes, please tell A movie tell that us... you have seen. Yes. yes. I Officially was... as of today. Adam... Okay. can't say yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, okay, I can, uh, okay, I feel like I can't really build up to it better than this has. I kind of, I was trying to go with Ernie's thoughts first, but I'll, I'll do my Fast 9 <laughs> thoughts first before we get into Fast 5. And it only feels right because um, the only reason 
we cover any Fast and Furious movies on the pod is because of me. And um, you're welcome, is what I'm trying to say. But, uh, it, but it feels like a long time coming. I've been hyping up this movie for a year. Uh, no, more than a year since the last movie. And um, short review, it was everything I wanted. Um, it, and I'm not saying that, like, ironically. Like, I genuinely loved it. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more in this episode. But Justin Lin, who directed uh, four through six, I believe. No, three through six of the franchise. Um, he returns for the fast time for the first time since uh, the sixth movie. Or no, fast the fast time. time. The fast time. The fast time. The fast time. Um, and it's it's magic. It it really feels like an old school fast movie, and it connects the saga together in a really fun way. Like it really, for the first time, connects all nine movies into one thing. And I don't know. I just kind of adored it. I went to a press screening at 1 p.m. and just was hooting and hollering. They <laughs> I, I adored it. Uh, were there are a lot of people there. There was a, it was, you know what? Yeah, it was a press only screening, but even that being said, there's like 40 ish people. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty great. Uh, like it was an amazing experience. Um, oh, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. It, it's we're seeing really it together great. this, uh, this weekend and it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, Hell of a time. Yeah, the Bam <laughs> Boys plus AOK and Kira will be there in spirit. Uh, I will, even though I have not finished the films. And I have about six more to watch. I'll be there in spirit. Well, no, oh, she, you're skipping around. No, I just am... She's like, not being literal. She not uh, caught up. <laughs> she watched, this is the most recent one that she's watched. So she yeah. has six through eight in... Pops and Shaw question mark. Oh my god, oh, only yes, four. it is. Okay. Is yeah. it si- yeah, it's, no, it's, it's six, seven, eight, and so it's like five. It's like yeah, four. four. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 I, I don't I don't think does Hobbs and Shaw tie into F9 at all? I, I, I was just telling Kira this before we recorded because I was like, you can like probably get away with no not probably you can get away with like not watching Hobbs and Shaw before Fast Nine. Mm. And I, I get like I'm not gonna say don't do it. Like if you do it fine but like it really it it, like it really doesn't have any stakes and that's like really evident in fast nine like they don't even mention uh the rock's character one time in that movie i think that was by design like the rock wanted his own thing entirely but uh i'll say is the way that it seems like they're going they're ramping up for 10 and 11 you're gonna be hard pressed to convince me that hobbs isn't supposed to be there because a lot of a lot of big international stakes going on and if he's like the big cia guy it kind of just makes sense so i hope they work something out they hash it out to say no more say no more (laughs) my ticket is purchased um so okay before i went off on my tangent i wanted to ask ernie what are your memories with not only fast five like when's the first time you saw it but also uh since you've never been on a episode for the fast movies before what's your thoughts and history with the franchise as a whole it's it's funny that like we always default to saying that you adam are like the big fast and furious head and i know that like you're very passionate about this series but like at this point this is a very popular series they make a lot of money. A lot of people like them. They're very, very popular movies. They're not little niche things. But for some reason, I had never caught on to the hype. And 
it's not until like yeah pretty much in this lead up to f9 that i've like fully bought into everything that these movies are trying to do i finally like have turned the corner you know i i am drifting into the corner uh and i've i've come around truly and um it's not that i ever thought that the movies were bad i just kind of like would always dismiss them as like oh yeah those dumb like you know kind of meathead movies for lack of a better (laughs) word you know they're it's like it's like dumb guy movies Mm -hmm. and like they kind of are that but they don't have like a negative energy they do that in a very positive way in a very kind of like enriching and uplifting way which is like ridiculous to say about you know car movies but i don't know they just strike this like really kind of endearing and like beautiful tone for the most part i think like you know there's a couple here and there that don't hit as well but you know especially these last uh i guess especially this one that we're talking about today i think this is like the peak and this one to me and i've I've been like watching all of them leading up to f9 but this one is to me the one that kind of like is the most memorable. Like I remember the most about this movie, the most like set pieces and like kind of character moments and stuff like that um, than any of the other ones. Um, you know, the 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 first four I don't think I had ever seen before. I had definitely seen this one before. I think maybe when it came out. I don't recall seeing it in theaters, um, but I definitely remember like, okay, it's in Rio. There's the the vault chase. Like, I remember like memorable things from it. Um, but the first four I, had, I hadn't seen before. And uh, six, I think I saw like uh, around the time it came out. Seven, I had never seen until just this week. And eight, I, I saw in theaters. So kind of like very sporadic uh, commitment to the franchise. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because we need like beautiful things in the world right now with how things are. But it's just they're hitting really well right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I would rank them right now. I'd have to like think about that a little more, but this one is by far far and away the best one. Like this is like a a movie, man. Like yeah. This has like the action and the character stuff yeah. and it just rips. I I love this movie. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, I I when it comes to ranking, it's kind of difficult because I have love for even the worst ones, like I think I would say the worst one is probably the fourth one, um, but I still really enjoy it anytime I watch it. Like, there's some. I think that's amazing... probably the least memorable. It is, but even so, like, there's some really like I. There's a lot of things I like about it, uh, like the fact that it's like a straight sequel to the original movie, and there's a lot of payoff that like a lot of you know I'll say it. Fast heads never thought they would get because um, for like two sequels prior to that, it just seemed like they were not going to go back to Pareto. It seemed like they were just trying to do a bunch of spinoffs, you know. Um, 
It's kind of a transitionary movie too. Like they needed to have that kind of like table setting for everything that happens after. Um, A table setting at the Toretto family barbecue. Um, No, I think, (laughs) um, but I I will say that movie is kind of, uh, has one hell of a uh, stinger, like a, a great intro to Fast Five. Like it sets up this movie perfectly. Directly. Like it, it, amazingly, like like ten out of ten. Uh, Marvel, take notes. That's how you get people in seats excited for a sequel. Like you <laughs> end it, and then you begin the next movie exactly where that one ended. Like I love that shit. Um, I'll say for me, my favorites. Like this is my favorite as well. I kind of questioned that a bit upon the last rewatch I did of the series, um, because I think six and seven are just fantastic. Both. Like I, I love both of those movies. Um, but I, I always kind of crawl back to this one. Like this is the one where it's just over the top enough, but like you can still, you, you still believe it. Like you still feel it. It's like all your favorite characters in like one movie, just having fun together. And it's a heist movie. Like that's the coolest thing about it. It's a heist movie. Like they really sell you on the fact that these people are capable of pulling off this heist because no one like everyone underestimates them and that's what makes it work and it's scrappy it's a it's like a really scrappy action movie and i love that like i feel like the later films became very glossy and that's good it fits the style but there's something about this one that you really feel like the idea that they're on the run like they even said, uh, Justin Lin said, like, he was trying to model The Rock's character um, after, like, uh, Tommy Lee Jones and The Fugitive. And they wanted, like, the entire fast crew to feel like Harrison Ford in that movie. And I love that. That's so cool. Um, so, yeah, I'll, my memories are, uh, I mean, go back and listen to any of the other episodes. I, you, <laughs> or just, like, Twitter, go on my Twitter and you'll know that I'm a fast head. I've been a fast head kind of since I was a very small child. Um, <laughs> but with this movie in particular, I remember seeing it opening weekend. Um, I told the story in the Hoodwinked episode where I was sitting in the theater for Fast Five and they actually started playing um, Hoodwinked 2, Hood versus Evil instead of this movie. And I was so pissed. <laughs> and I remember people behind me were like booing <laughs> like actively at the screen. <laughs> Um, but when this started, uh, it was it was like you're at a concert of your favorite band, and every time someone appears on screen, it's like yeah, like it, it's so great. <laughs> there was definitely it, like one person who was really into Hoodwink that was bummed out that he was, they didn't get to yeah. watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that was Joseph Salamone. Um, <laughs> happy but, birthday, King! <laughs> yeah, happy birthday! We're recording this on his 21st birthday, and he oh, is coming yeah. with us on Saturday when Made Ernie Go. So we will yeah. Be uh in the theater um uh but no like i this has always been my favorite one just because i saw this when i was god i was 13 when it came out so it was this is the perfect 13 year old boy movie like i really can't think of a better one right like it's it's testosterone fueled it's just like uh there's like attractive people all over the place there money cars like action uh it's funny it's exciting it's everything that you want as a moviegoer, but especially through the lens of a 13-year-old kid. Like, it's just kind of a perfect movie. And even though I've had a ton of nostalgia for this franchise as a whole throughout my entire life, I really think it was around the time Fast Five came out that I, like, really cemented myself as a fast head. 
so what I'm saying is you can thank this movie listeners for um, everything you see or hear from me about this franchise. Um, I adore it. I think it holds up exceptionally well. In fact, I think it only gets better as time goes yeah, on. As the movies it's like get a comfort more, movie. It is like even as the franchise ramps up, it gets more ridiculous as it goes along, and I'm here for it. There's just something about the, just the, the sweet spot of this one. Like it, just, it it's chaotic, but it's easygoing somehow all at once, and it it just works really well. Um, Kira, I don't think I can ask you about your memories with this movie, seeing as you yeah. watched it for the first time <laughs> recently. But if <laughs> you want to pop off about it. Um, my thoughts about this is that um, I liked it a lot. I liked the whole aspect of all of them coming together because I was like, oh, yeah, it's getting silly. Like, you know, in a good way. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I think uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like texting Adam during it and was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Because I forgot about like the timeline yeah. um, of the series. Yes. And literally Sean and I were like scrolling through the Wikipedia page as we were watching it. I'll be <laughs> honest here. We were also dozing off because it was like a Monday afternoon. Um, but yeah, I liked it in general. It was fun. It was the opening of it. I was like, Jesus Christ, like in a good way. Um, I feel like it's just like hilarious, like the ridiculous, like um, <laughs> the prison bus breakout is just like so ridiculous and hilarious. Like these people can literally just like do anything and like, yeah, yeah they're like on the run, but like nobody cares enough to actually like. Like, they're not really, like, good at their, like... They're not good at being, like, criminals incognito. Like, they're, like, the loudest and most obnoxious people with their cars. Like, but they never get caught, so, like... Well, I think it works in this movie because, like, the theme is that Brazil... At least the police force in Brazil is so corrupt that, mm -hmm. like, when uh, Hobbs, uh, who is Dwayne Johnson's character, comes in, he's really the only guy who is not bought out by, like, a politician or, like, is not, like, a dirty cop. Like, he's a guy completely foreign to the situation. And therefore, he's really the only guy in Rio hunting them down, opposed, except for, like, the cops and, like, uh, men that are, like, trying to protect the money. Um, and that's something that makes this movie feel so massive in scale, even though it is in retrospect to like the other movies kind of small scale in in the grander scheme of things right because it really is just a heist movie like it just in comparison to like the other movies with the submarines and the tanks and everything all they do is steal money in this movie that's all they do and it's amazing but it's the one that blows the ceiling off though it it's really like does. with this one they can do anything now you yeah. know and it doesn't go like fully overboard or although there are moments like when they drive off that bridge and yep. they they fall like <laughs> 500 feet <laughs> to that ravine mm -hmm. like that's one of those moments that changes the franchise completely but it doesn't feel like it's coming out of nowhere like there's somehow this natural progression and yep. also you know there were moments earlier on that were ridiculous and outlandish but they were obviously you know much much smaller like there is always just that even in like too fast too furious like the cars just looked absolutely ridiculous they're all like tricked out and i know there are like you know actual cars like that in real life pretty commonly but 
I don't know, just the way they're captured in that movie felt heightened. And it, it you know, obviously, like, we already said four is like not the most memorable movie, but even that one has like the opening with the truck, the 18 wheeler, yeah. like flipping yeah. over and over the and then driving on fire as it's rolling down the road. Insane. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, Insane. it's pretty like, great. So those seeds were already planted for this one to just like absolutely pop off. Yeah. Like the stage was set and this just, it just capitalizes on everything incredible and you already mentioned the rock we got to talk about the rock because he comes in here and he's a huge part of why the whole thing is elevated and i think the reason why this is the best one out of all of them you know it kind of it kind of peaks here and you know six and seven are also great but they're not as good as this one because i kind of feel like this might be the best rock performance period yeah I agree. Think I, about it. No, I agree. Yeah. Can't, um, I can't think of a single other movie that he's better than the way Luke Hobbs is in this movie. Luke Hobbs kind of changes a little bit throughout as the movies kind of go on. The yeah. way Luke Hobbs is in this movie, it's like he's intimidating. Yeah. He is um, kind of funny, but not like not like The Rock usually is funny where he's like, not yeah. even taking the movie seriously at all, really. Yeah. You know, like he's just playing up his persona. Like well, I buy this. I buy Luke Hobbs as a guy. You know, <laughs> I buy him as a guy. <laughs> I, I, I. He's just a but, dude. He's just a just bro a dude. being dude. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just a little. He's, <laughs> just he's a big guy. guy. Just some just guy. Um, I think it's because um. You you mean like you mentioned like in other or like later movies that he's done like you, there's times where it feels like he's not really let's say acting really he's really right. not like, he's playing himself but you have to remember this one was filmed in like 2010 and that was right around the time he was like because he did like Walking Tall and like um like those like uh, the Rundown and stuff like in 2000 like the early 2000s those are the serious roles. He did the game plan. Oh, he did game plan and Tooth Fairy like back to back. Um, So like he didn't have a huge winning streak with films. So I think um, it it was talked about a lot that this was really the movie designed for or the role for him rather that was designed to get him like, hey, I'm not a wrestler anymore. I'm an actor, and (laughs) it works. It it entirely works. Um, I remember that this movie kind of single-handedly like changed everyone's perception, at least in like um, the grander Hollywood of it all, of like the kind of actor that The Rock was. And not that he wasn't like already an action star prior to this, but there's something about how good and ferocious he is in this role that you're just kind of like, oh shit, like he's really fucking cool like he's really good in this role like like everything uh, that he does like like his chemistry with vin diesel in this movie is Mm -hmm. fantastic like there's like it's so it's so great because like they hate each other like the moment they see each other it's like it's intoxicating and you're just like um oh but that it goes like to even brian and stuff like that scene where um uh, Hobbs like shows up to like that uh the Rio drag race and like he's trying to arrest them and he's just like what are you gonna do arrest me in Brazil and like they all pull up <laughs> on them this and... is Brazil this is Brazil <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love Brian's like, line it's like uh do you feel 
arrested no nope, not even a little bit like <laughs> it's it's so good um and even that line where it's like i don't care like what you did like i got a paper on my desk and i'm getting you guys that's all it is to me like and that's what makes him such a i don't even want to say antagonist because by the end of the movie he's on their side to a certain extent but like he doesn't care about Toretto's reasoning. He doesn't care, at least in this movie, about his like family method. He just wants to bring him in because it's his job. He has no personal stakes in it. He has nothing to do with it. He just knows he's a criminal and he has to get him. And that's what makes it so fun. It's like really a game of cat and mouse on top of a heist. And it works. It works great. Um, but the, I do the no, heist fucking slaps. Yes, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I was say that. You also you, know, you also didn't mention that he has a goatee in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think he, that has a lot to do with it. I think clean shaven rock. It's just too like. It's just too clean. Yeah, like I don't know the the gruffness of the goatee. I think adds to it. Yeah, it's like he's just some dude, but with a goatee, like. I like fast five. He has the goatee six. He it's, isn't it weird in fast six because like he has a goatee and then halfway through he loses it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but like, there's literally like just scene where he's clean shaven all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? What, when did you shave? Like you just got out of like, a car chase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the goatee returns in eight. So it's like, I've never seen a bald man change up his style so much, but here we are. This is one of the um, baldest franchises ever made. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. They yeah, lost their one guy with a full head of hair. Yes. But, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, even today, like watching uh, John Cena, who has like aggressive hair in this movie, like every scene, it's like silked back, like all the way. Um, it's it's kind of jarring when you see hair in this franchise. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> but I want to go back a little bit to the train heist that opens this movie off. Um, absolutely so insane set piece. Awesome. Um, so like the way it just jumps from like section of the set piece, like between Brian, like having to hijack that uh, the mover cart and like crashing into the train and then Dom taking out all the other guys and just like everything is so precise and it it feels great like it just it's so exhilarating from the moment it starts that mechanism on that trailer it feels like something that was made specifically for that mission yeah Mm -hmm. and it also like kind of introduces the idea that this series takes place almost in an alternate reality where like cars are like this way of life like people experience things through car yeah so it's like a common thing for them to have this incredibly specific method of hijacking a car from a train yes i mean i feel like there are like people in like communities like that like um because i know like even like here where it's just like a bunch of like old guys like um they do have like car shows and then like people like instagram accounts for their cars and stuff and i feel like this movie is almost like a wishful thinking for them but i know exactly what you mean and that it's like yeah they're like going to like 
steal all this money like that's like their goal in this movie but it's like they have to have all this money to have these like impossible cars and impossible technology and like computers that I love like fictional computers just like the way that they look and like the GPS and stuff in the car and like yeah yeah, like the way that the trailers look and stuff like that it's 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 pretty it really is like an alternate universe like you said like Zelenio Zelenio canon when Luke Hobbs says enhance. Computer enhances Zelenio canon. And then it's like they have their faces completely covered and they still get facially recognized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, it, oh, it's... wait, wait, wait. Can I just say really quick my favorite part of the tech is when they use the handprint from Gal Gadot's ass. Incredible. Cinema. That is literally, like, I've never seen a better thing happen in a movie. No, it's it's literally so... I mean, I know Gal Gadot is, like, not, like... And for right, like for rifle reasons, it's it, yeah, she's done some, said some really shitty things, but that scene where she, like, it's just like, like, just the entire scene, like, between her and Han and that conversation that they have together, That's real chemistry, genuine, it's great. Um, also, like, I like the way, like, she, like, he reads her and he thinks he's like a one up on her, but she's like, I, like, I left the army at probably around the time you stopped smoking. Uh, and like that's why he eats like all those like chips in the movies because he has to keep his hands busy and that's like mm-hmm. a small detail that i love it's great and writing it, and it goes off of um uh what do you call it like uh the i forgot the name of the movie it's justin lynn's directorial debut uh better luck tomorrow i believe it's called where um i think we talked about this on the tokyo drift episode i, I, I could be wrong so. about yeah um, you like or- didn't tell me why he's always chewing well, like it's gonna be revealed. Like, oh right, I didn't. I yeah, I think I hyped it up a little bit too much. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I, like, okay. I mean, I I don't I can't think of any other reason why a person would need to be continuously chewing. But well, um, in that movie, because it's the Inside. same Han. It's so technically that is a fast movie. Um, but in that movie, Han's a chain smoker, and mm-hmm. and so it fits into the narrative pretty nicely that. Um, by the time you meet Han in Tokyo Drift, which is, God, it's, but it's before, actually, okay. So I guess really the first narrative meeting of him is in the fourth one, right? Mm -hmm. Because it goes four, five, six, and then three. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Even me at Fast, I'm like, right? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um, but by the time you meet him in four, I guess, it's like he's completely quit smoking. He's uh, tried to abandon that. And I don't know, like, like this franchise, and especially this film, is like so full of like character details that, and it goes to like what you were saying earlier, Ernie, like the perception of this franchise, and maybe even rightfully so, has been like it's meathead cinema, it's dude bro cinema. But like, there's genuine like attention to detail in like every level of it that is like super admirable like whether or not it's like the continuity of the story where this franchise is not afraid to like pull in characters or storylines that you thought were wrapped up in like 2003 yeah, or the like, <laughs> yeah the lore it's like genuinely deep yeah like um, uh, uh drew just was just uh messaging our group chat and he was talking about how letty he would have thought that letty would have just like automatically fixed her uh amnesia like there would have just been a plot contrivance that just brings her back 
immediately. And the fact that they like make the that that doesn't happen an entire plot point in seven. No, no other movie would do that. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, and it it works though. Like it it, it it's very soap opera y in the way that it operates. But like it's done, and you brought this up earlier. Like it's done with care, and I kind of really think that's like the key to all of it. Like you genuinely feel like not only Vin Diesel, but like each director that they attach to these movies genuinely gets behind it. Like that's something I loved about Furious Seven. Like James Wan. He took over from um, uh, Justin Lin, but he did a fantastic job. Like he, it, it felt very, it still felt like distinct, like a James Wan movie, but because like the visual style of that movie is, I think maybe the best of any of the fast movies. Yeah, it looks um, crazy. It, it's so fun. Like even that, like the tracking shot at the beginning of Jason Statham is just insane. Like a three minute nonstop take. Yeah, it's, it's got so like a good. glitz to it. God, I love that movie. <laughs> um, but like it's really cool like they get every director that they get genuinely cares and again like i just feel like the creative teams behind it everyone involved the actors every single person genuinely cares and it's very evident and that's why i feel like people continually come back to this franchise like and also it's like massive international appeal okay i feel like we like always bring up disney just because that's like where like most of the blockbusters come from like now but I feel like it doesn't really feel like the studios have, like, a massive pull with it because these movies do so well. And they know that there's, like, such dedicated, like, the box office is just, like, massive with every single one. Yeah. So they don't really need to, like, have much pull, like, creatively. I mean, as far as on the outside, like, I never really read a lot into it. But, like... They can be enjoyed at a very surface level. For yeah. Sure. It, yeah. It, it's weird because like i feel like there's definitely a formula there and that's undeniable like it's it's a formula that they use every movie like fast cars uh like big muscly bald or baby oil spilled men uh like it's all very evident all very there but the thing is like each time a new one comes out um at least for me like i question like okay how can they top it like how can they make a set piece even more insane than what i saw last time and i think it's a lot a lot like the mission impossible franchise in that sense Mm -hmm. where it's like yeah like the structure like the general narrative flow of these movies doesn't really change ever um give or take like a few movies but like the set pieces are really like what changes and what's really keeping it fresh each time and uh and again like as after seeing fast nine today where the movie kicks off with this absolutely incredible set piece and i like the second it starts i'm just like okay it, we're back it's it's, it's fucking off it's like, the movies no it's like it's genuinely like i don't i'll just say i'm not gonna spoil what it is but the opening set piece to fast nine is just like it's like idea on top of idea on top of idea like it's the same thing with like in fallout when um uh there's the motorcycle chase but it's also like she's trying to like shoot them at the same time or like the skydiving scene but the lightning strikes like there's like mm-hmm. it's an like, idea on top of idea that makes it just feel like non-stop and that's how i felt about this movie like every set piece just had like an extra it's like it's this but also this is happening and this is happening and it's it, it, i don't know i think that's kind of the key is like attention to detail of like really keeping the action fresh like it doesn't it never really feels repetitive in its action it feels like maybe you sacrifice consequence in characters never dying with genuine spectacle and big ideas and 
larger than life like absurd things but it, i think it works personally i feel like i feel like in like my like old age um i think it's definitely like i think people definitely need to like suspend their disbelief more especially like now it's like we don't want to see things that are like serious anymore and like yeah there's like deep lore to these but like yeah like i know that like letty's not dead like i've never seen the rest of them but like it's like i like i believe it that she would like that people would like come back to life or like that people like just like disappear and come back like I think that anyone, like, taking these, like, dead seriously, it's, like, you're absolutely missing the point, and I feel that way with literally, like, everything now, like, it's, like, the whole, like, cinema sensification of, like, movie, like, watching, where it's, like, nitpicking on, like, well, that doesn't make sense, well, she came from here, and she flew across (laughs) the world in two seconds, and these people have never met before, and it's, like, okay, but who cares, just, like, watch it, like, yeah, like, yeah, (laughs) Well, I like, think I this gonna... movie does take itself seriously to an extent, though. I think that's, like, part of why it's good. Because it's not, yeah. like, it's not like Deadpool where it's, like, every five seconds, like, looking at the camera, like, oh, this movie's stupid. You're mm-hmm. watching a stupid movie, and we're all just, like, nothing matters because it's a stupid movie. You know? it's. I know that they do ridiculous things that they keep, like, doing outlandish things that would never... You know, they f- they drop cars out of a freaking airplane. Yeah. They drive a car th- through three skyscrapers. You know, it's like, it's yeah. insane. But somehow they still manage to have. And I, I do think, I haven't seen Fast 9, but I do think that it does kind of like lessen a little bit after this one, after 5. But that's why this one's the peak. Because it's like, it's genuinely, genuinely like sincere Mm-hmm. Um, like serious emotion, you know, while still being like, you know, super ridiculous, and and I think that that's another, you know, when you compare it to superhero movies like the MCU, I think that obviously the the suspension of disbelief is there, but those movies, the superhero movies, for the most part, they are they're joking half the time. You know, they're they're making they're cracking wh- quips nonstop. And I think that what sets this franchise apart is the fact that it's not always doing that. And also the the fact that it's, you know, to, to the point about like, you knowing that Letty's going to come back and now we know that Han's going to come back and all this. It's those things aren't planned. Right. They just kind of happen like organically with time. Yeah. You know, there was no. Obviously, there's no source material to base it off of, but there was no grand plan. Like when Letty died in four, that's the choice that they wanted to make for that movie. If I'm not mistaken, and, it's because she was doing Avatar at the time. I yeah. could be wrong with that. Oh shit! And then, <laughs> that's and a then the stinger over. at the end of this one. Yeah, did you watch that, Kira? The, the yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. That was a surprise to to Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. She didn't oh, know that, right. that she went to see this yeah. movie and she didn't know that that was going to be that that there was going to be a photo of her at the end. So it's like that level of just kind of uh, going with the flow, you know, yeah. and, and still being able to like have that deep uh, 
attention to detail, like you said, that lore, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy to say for this, but like it's not total randomness. Like they're not just kind of like making up random shit, but they're they're still telling like some sort of story. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, like to go off to what you're saying, it's like they they do care, but like it's I think they care about the right things opposed to the wrong things. Like it, like to both like what you guys are both saying. It's like Kira mentioned like cinema sense and like how that kind of culture has I kind of think ruined like people want to say like film criticism or like um like letterboxd or film twitter culture kind of ruined it but i feel like cinema sins youtube like neck beard culture kind of ruined it. like the 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 nitpicking culture of like oh like the, logically this one like who gives a fuck like literally yeah that's a, yeah. Gives a fuck. yeah like it, it, like the movie that's what i love about this like there is care there's care about the characters there's care about the relationships there's care about the genuine heart of these movies if these movies have heart and you're going to be hard pressed to find action cinema that has this much heart in any franchise you go to um it cares about that stuff and it cares about keeping the set pieces innovative but it doesn't care about like logically like having physics or like or like making things like make perfect like geographical mm -hmm. sense like it but also like i was when i was walking out of fast nine today one of my um uh my friends that was at the press screening too he he's also on the, like the press list here in florida and he he hated fast nine and i uh, we were kind of talking about it on the way out i'm like why did you like what didn't work for you and he was just kind of talking about how stupid it was like all these like logistical inconsistencies that were just like bugging him and i'm you just know like, what movie you're watching dude exactly no, I, I agree and i told him i was like okay i'm like so what do you want do you want this to be like deadly serious like do you want it to make sense is that what you want from the fast and furious movie and he's like no i said i'm just like i missed the old days when it's about street racing i'm like it was really never about street racing like people always say that but like it was about street racing for like a hot minute in the first movie the second movie was like a i don't even know what you want to call that like kind of a kind of even a revenge thriller it's just like a yeah, intercepting a agent like a a corrupt guy i don't know like tokyo drift is basically a western but like in tokyo uh four is like a revenge movie but they all have like the backdrop of cars like they all have like there's cars and street racing in between all of it but i wouldn't say there's ever one movie in this franchise that's entirely about street racing you know like that's never the entire point of one of these movies it's only the backdrop so to like uh, it's like when people say like oh i miss when they were about street racing like which movie what like what are you talking about i i need a race wars spinoff um shout Can out a race wars netflix series um shout out to friend of the pod uh shaq lambert who was on aok -okay when we did um the fast saga retrospective and i would say other than me he's the biggest fast head that i know um and he mentioned on that <laughs> the pod that race wars is maybe the most poorly aged uh <laughs> event name <laughs> of all and time bring it back in seven it's so funny it's <laughs> like really you're gonna double down on race wars <laughs> Yeah, it's, I love when like him and Letty are like driving up to us. Like she's like, "What's this? It's race wars." Like, race wars. <laughs> we're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones. 
Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Thank you so much, Super Yaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys. I um, I did want to bring up two thoughts that I had earlier when, Kira, you were talking about Gal Gadot and you were talking about the, her bikini. We're so lucky. This team is so lucky that in 2011, thong bikinis hadn't taken off yet. Exactly. Yeah. As somebody who works in swimsuits, I was thinking exactly that. I was it was like, just before 2011, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right there. The high-cut swimsuit, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, like, the whole plot would have been yeah. <laughs> completely dismantled. Yeah, and that's another thing about, like, logistics, about, like, nitpicking. It's like, there's no way that that would actually work, but it's such, like, a good, like, like fake logic like it's it's so like innovative in such a dumb way that it's just like very satisfying that like they could get a handprint to open a safe <laughs> off of like some guy, like creepy guy on her bikini. Super like, creepy, super yeah. super creepy. And that shot when she like walks in slow motion, that's what Adam is talking about. Like this is yeah. the perfect thirteen-year-old movie. Yeah. Um, well, and it's not even like because like. Uh, for me at that age it wasn't even like oh she's so hot like look at that hot girl like it was just cool to me as a 13 year old i was like yeah like that's that's kind of fucking awesome like like just the idea of like getting the handprint from like it's just it's a fun idea it's goofy but like it kind of makes sense like i don't know like it this movie just filled of like 13 year old boy like wish fulfillment things it, it just i'm really a i'm a bit of an old man i was i was 13 when transformers came out right. so oh, okay. megan fox in that movie was my 13 year old moment right yeah i remember you sent in a voicemail for that episode mm-hmm. um uh, yeah right that <laughs> life-changing yeah. stuff from uh, mr michael bay <laughs> yeah i feel like and also like because this came out in 2011 like and that was like the perfect year to be like a 13 year old boy because like we had transformers 3 the mcu was like really popping off at that time uh but i think fast five mm-hmm. like i remember that the year, artist too, oh yeah, yeah that was a big wish moment <laughs> for me as a kid um I would say the two highlights of 2011 for me as like a kid was this and Ghost Protocol. Like you had this in the summer and that in the winter, and those were like my two favorite movies that year. Like I was like, yeah, like these are two perfect action movies. Um, 
I also want to say, like, how creative, like, the heist of this movie is. Like, um, because, like, it starts, like, it, they don't immediately, like, start prepping for the heist. Like, they they want to throw off the guy that is, like, um, like that holds, holds all the money and, like, is corrupting all the police. Like, he, they go to a warehouse and just burn the money in front of them. Yeah, full-on Joker moment. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's not about the money. Um, but... And I love the part where he, the guy's like, "Are you crazy? Do you know whose money you're stealing?" And then Vin Diesel just like takes off his mask. Like, who's hiding? Tell them Ooh. exactly who did this. It's so good. It's Vin, so, it's a perfect movie moment. It. He's so good in this. I think uh, he's like he's like the perfect action hero specifically for his voice, but like he's not good at like running. So I think it only makes sense that he's the lead in like a movie where he only drives because he looks weird as hell when he runs. Yeah. yeah especially that first like chasing on foot with him and Hobbs and they're like jump all the by the way, that chasing where they're jumping through the roofs of Rio. <laughs> like they're just like landing through houses. It's so funny. Shot like, in when, Rio, right? It is shot in Rio, yeah. It's all look that's another thing I love about these movies. It's not like the MCU where they like shoot everything in Atlanta and they they say it's new york and that's fine like i don't really care but like there is something refreshing about yeah, it like, looks great like even in, again i don't mean to keep bringing up fast nine because i know the listeners probably haven't seen it yet but like again like that movie it feels like ev like they went to every place like they go to britain they go to i don't want to spoil where all they go but like it's they physically go to these places and they have like and it feels like every time they go to a new location this franchise they genuinely pop off. They like appreciate the city that they're in, even though they destroy it. They like make it beautiful first. I know? was confused <laughs> if there actually is a desert in Brazil because the train sequence is like it looks like a desert, and there actually is a desert in Brazil. I was surprised to find. Yeah, I mean, they did the research, Ernie. You gotta you, you don't underestimate Vin. He he reads up Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> it's so fucking funny when he does that. It's also oh the way he like God. throws up his arms like this is Brazil. Like <laughs> literally the best quote in the whole series is in this movie when Vin Diesel says, I remember everything about my father. <laughs> everything. Yeah. I like that like they really like double down on like the family aspect of it and like the quiet moments. Um, like in between all the chaos, like they'll just be like yeah. sitting and eating dinner together, even though they like hate each other at certain points in this movie. And um, I think also like them like going over their like trauma regarding like relationships with their dad. It's just like, oh, but they all take care of each other now. And it just like reminds you that that's like the main theme of the movie. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It prioritizes that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that this movie, like, for how crazy the action gets, it actually, like, is about family. Like, truly. Like, the, the foreground of the story. Uh, despite the action and the heist element, like, it's truly about this team being a family. And those quiet moments, like, sell that. Like, you genuinely, genuinely spend the entire kind of middle chunk of the movie with pretty long sequences of them just kind of being together and spending time together. 
Um, I feel like actually like a really one of like the big like hearts of this movie is uh, the character of Vince, who in mm-hmm. the first movie was a total clown, like and des- like it's designed that way, right? Like he's the guy that you want to root against so you can like make Paul Walker's character, you know, he's like intercepting like this family, like he looks better in comparison to Vince. But and even in this movie, it doesn't feel like out of character to like make him kind of like the heart of the movie, but like spoiler alert when he dies you feel it like you're you're like yo this is dom's brother like this is a guy who has been around with the crew since like day one and like when he takes the bullet and he he does all this stuff for like mia and brian and dom like before that and he you know like he's introduced like he's leaving behind a wife and a kid it really works to like the theme of family in this movie like it uh, I feel like that's the point where it really boils over. It's like, okay, we lost a family member. And then it becomes personal. Like, in, in at that point, this movie also does the perfect decision of, like, at the end when um, all the police cars are chasing them, you have the one line of dialogue that justifies everything that they're doing. It's like, you have every dirty cop in Rio on your tail. So when they're just, like, completely mauling cops, like, they are completely, like, throw like catapulting the vault at them and smashing them to pieces no one but that's not because like the average movie goes like oh yeah they're they're corrupt it's fine like it's perfect like you completely are like fuck the cops in this, this city like fuck uh the the mayor or the whoever is like corrupting like and has the money like you completely get behind it yeah and- when when hobbs is like i'm going to let these criminals get away with it you're like yeah it checks out yeah, it does. Well, because, like, that's the thing. It's, like, um, like Hobbs in this movie, he kind of, like, slowly learns, I think, through five and six of, like... Six, I think he becomes, like, more of a family member in that one. But, like, in five, it's, like, he slowly starts to understand, like, there's more to his job than just getting, like, a file on his desk and going after him. Like, yeah, he has to out. betray his oath. <laughs> but sometimes that he, that that's what he has to do. It's, like, it makes sense like it feels very organic in that way um but to just go off to like the heist like the actual heist no actually before that i mentioned um the scene where um vince dies but when they attack them for the first time and vin diesel or like dom like grabs hob's arm Mm -hmm. and pulls him up perfect moment yeah (laughs) it's like in slow motion too so it's like very high he's like helping he's like like helping him like limp through the bullets and it's and it feels really big in that moment because prior to that there's that entire like five minute fight scene between the two of them which is totally ridiculous but yeah that that scene is so weird because it's like you spent so much time building up the rock as this big threat and then it's very obvious that he's like almost this unstoppable physical threat yeah and then this fight is just like you really have to suspend your disbelief to think that uh the rock is gonna lose that fight (laughs) you know he's (laughs) huge he's like the most bulked up he has ever looked in any movie it's scary it's fucked up people humans should not look like that (laughs) yeah and like it it kind of pays off a little bit because like um what do you call it? Like, uh, 
like Hobbs brings up earlier in the movie. I think when he's trying to arrest him in the Brazil scene, but it's like uh, he's like they, they call back to the first Fast and Furious movie where it's like I got banned. Dom says like I got banned from the racetrack because I beat a guy half to death with a socket wrench, and then the he almost beats Hobbs with the socket wrench, but then he drops it. like he hits the ground instead of going through with it. And I think in that moment, Hobbs is like, wow, like the file I got on this guy is wrong. Like it might not pan out. Like it's not like maybe I was wrong about this guy. Like it, I don't know. Like it just, there's, like I said, character details. And also I said that socket red thing comes back in the ninth movie too. So like, again, like these movies all tie together in like really organic ways. And it, it's just really appealing. Um, but I mean, the, another really cool thing about the heist of this movie is like, a lot of it is practical. Like, they have, like, a mm-hmm. prop um, vault, if I'm not mistaken. Dude, this broke my mind to think about. Like, because yeah. it's such an insane action scene. Yeah. It's it's literally one of the best action scenes in any movie ever, ever yeah. made. Like, it's incredible. But it's so crazy that you think it has to be CGI. Like, there's <laughs> no way it's not. And I'm sure a lot of it is. But... Also, a lot of it is practical. Which I is actually, sad. I interviewed one of the stunt guys, like the stunt coordinators that worked on this. And he was talking about this scene specifically and just how chaotic it was, like, filming it. And it was basically all practical, like the vault and, yeah. They had a guy in a car inside that vault <laughs> driving yeah. it around. I would hate to be that guy. It's so fucking cool. Like it's it's so great. Like the scene where they like literally they divide the cars and then they catapult it into like a squad car of like a squad of like four or five police cars. It's and they just crash into each other. And the cable itself that's attached is also taken out, guys. It's like it has, yeah. It feels like it has like a life of its own, almost like the wall. (laughs) It's like this. It's this thing that you can't like control. So they're just like trying their best to like drag it across. Like even that scene where they're like they smash it through a bank Mm -hmm. and tumbles through. It then cuts to me going like, "Did you guys just take out a bank?" Like it's like (laughs) it's so good. All I could think about. All I could think about is uh, Miley Cyrus. I came in like a wrecking ball. Yes, absolutely. It's, <laughs> no, it's it, it's it's absolutely absurd. Like, it, it, but it works just enough. And right when you think that, like, they did the most that they could with it, it's like okay, the, the vault scene is completely gone. Like, you, like, you, like when you get out of the city, it's like okay, it's over. The vault stuff's done. But then you get to the highway. Yeah. <laughs> holy fucking shit. <laughs> they are just dragging this vault all across the highway. They are um they they're like smashing and also like that one police car that has the chain gun come out of the SUV. Yeah. Well at this point Brian is detached and it's just Vin. Yes, it's alone because he um Dom. He tells him it's always been the plan to like let because it's revealed earlier in this movie that uh, Brian and me are pregnant and they have and so there's more stakes this time now that Mia's pregnant, right? Um, going to the idea of family. And I, so it's, it feels like a very heroic, like kind of like cowboy moment almost when Vin is like alone 
like a, a lone cowboy like going up against an entire army of cops swinging and that vault around just, it's just like straight up knocking cars off the highway or into each other or like just demolishing them Incredible. like straight up flattening them it's yeah like it is a uh, monumental moment for cinema the, truly. Uh, Toretto said a cap he, he truly did like <laughs> i i <laughs> this entire movie honestly no and that's what i'm I saying mean, like brian was a cop you know and he was like this is problematic i can't do this no really like he's he's the one good cop um i (laughs) (laughs) i would say him and david arquette from the scream are like the only two good ones um uh but like that's what i meant earlier like when i said like the movie makes the brilliant choice and like let you know early like yeah every cop in the city like every cop that you see they're corrupt uh just every single one all of them Every single person, except for Elena, the, uh, the the love interest in this movie. Um, but like, she's like the one who's like trying to do good, but everyone else around us is so goddamn dirty, you know. Um, like, it's it's so tropey, but it works. Um, but I love that she's in six that they didn't just like dismiss her entirely. Because I was yeah. thinking, like, you know, at the very end of this movie when she's with Dom, I was like, oh, honey, you. She's in what all are you doing here? She's in she's in six, seven, and eight. Like, I mean, I'll be briefly because in seven. Oh yeah, I guess. She, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't clock that, but yeah. Well, it's it's just enough because like, it's not like she's like part of like the squad. Like she's never yeah. like, on a mission, but like it's again, it just goes like, once again to the idea that there's attention to detail and like they they care about even the most minor characters like the, again sorry not to keep going back to fast nine but they bring back a really random minor character from like i won't spoil who it is but it's just like the most random minor character in the ninth movie for literally one scene and i'm just like what is this guy doing here like like literally <laughs> what is he doing like i it's absurd but i love it so much i i love the attention to detail and it, it yeah it, it just makes the family element work all the better um so i also want to say is there a better cinema reveal than that of the duplicate safe no absolutely not i i think that was the best moment i've ever seen in a film (laughs) i mean it's clearly riffing off of oceans 11 absolutely and obviously it doesn't do it as good as oceans 11 because Um, that's the greatest movie of all time but if you're gonna rip from the best you know if you're gonna rip from somebody, rip from the best. I I kind of prefer this to the Oceans movie. Like I don't know, there's just something about how ridiculous this is that I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Oceans movies, Oceans Twelve Squad, uh, show your hands, please. But yep, right here. Um, yeah, Soderbergh boys, where you at? Uh, but I don't know. Like there's just it, it's a great bait and switch, and it also like it make kind of perfectly makes sense. Like the scene. Where I mean, it's like you have a 10 second window, make it count, and then you see the, the garbage truck pass by, but then you cut back to it on the highway of like they actually like swiped it in really quickly and replaced it. And also, they set up even earlier where Tej is like, the only way we're going to be able to crack the vault is if we get a duplicate vault to mess with first, right? So it's perfect. Like, it's like it, they set it up perfectly earlier. It makes logical sense that they have. The, it's not like they just made it up out of nowhere. Like, it's addressed several times during the movie, but it's done so subtly that when it happens, you're just like, oh, yeah, they have a second vault. And I can't, it's just such a great moment when um, The Rock gives them like a, 
uh, like a day. He's like, take care of your demons because tomorrow I'm going to arrest you. And then they just don't say anything. They just get in their car. And then he's like, Toretto, I'll see you soon. And then he just smirks and he goes, no, you won't. Like, <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> talking about it. It's like, it's so fucking good. Um, yeah, I don't know. And like the like slow opening of the vault and the reveal of it all. And then and the, the music. The music's yeah. like this. It's like this Caribbean, Brazilian, like reggaeton type of deal. It's just like the whole vibe is there, you know? Yes. Like when they open the vault and the like the reaction, like they cut to every single person on the crew and their immediate reaction to the money. It, yeah. It like the money just like being tossed around is just like so like cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it in like again, that goes that's what I love about like the scrappiness of this movie. Like it feels like very like they're really pit to like the lowest this family has ever been. Like they're on the run. They have no friends, no resources, no nothing. So really like this is their last ditch effort to like ever get out of this life. Right. So that's what makes the ending in the, the retrieving of the money. So it just, it works and it's so satisfying. It's because you really feel the consequence and the scrappiness and the desperation of them from the get. Right. Like, I, I mean, I really have no issues with this movie. Like, it, 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 for what it is and what it's trying to accomplish, it does it tenfold. Like, I have absolutely zero notes, zero issues. It's kind of a perfect action movie. I um, wish that we would have seen the race at the beginning where he gets the car. Oh, when he goes to Brazil? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. They just kind of pull in. Yes. To the... when. Uh, Although we do get like kind of racing scenes there when they're practicing with the security well, camera, so it kind of makes up for it. Yeah, thirteen-year-old uh, Adam had that. Uh, that's how we roll scene on his Spotify. Uh, <laughs> like, he had it on forever. Uh, yeah, then, it's um. I I think there was like that was one thing that I did crave was just like a regular racing scene, and I do love the scene when they're like in the cop cars because yes. it's literally just them like being friends and messing around. Yeah. And I like that the movie kind of ended like that. Well, Kira, um, you got to understand that Dom doesn't have friends. He has family. family. Yeah. No, well, yeah, you're right. I love that. Um, What do they call it? The half million quarter mile. And it's there, there's a satisfaction for a brief moment of like Brian winning. But then they get back and he's like, you know, it's a baby present, right? Like he he, he pumped an Oz to her or like he, he did it too early. He let you win. It's like, no, he did it. We don't get Nas <laughs> until the very end of the movie. Yes, when, which is when he comes in bad. like a wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally because, of course, that's his secret weapon. Like when, oh my fucking god, when he reveals the Nas at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so goddamn. This is not a visual medium, but Adam just threw his hands over his face. <laughs> I love this movie, dude. It, I think Adam's it's, crying. I am. I'm fully crying. He's, he's sobbing. <laughs> I. It's it's so beautiful, you know. <laughs> like, really. <laughs> No, it's just like it's this. I didn't realize until honestly until talking to Kira when we had been riffing about Nas like since day one of uh, she saw the Fast and the Furious uh, last year. But I don't think I realized until me and her joked about it so much how prevalent Nas is in this franchise. Like I think every single movie has at least one great Nas moment. Like even Tokyo Drift, like they pump the Nas in that movie. Um, I do miss the CGI not like going through the engines and the fuels and stuff. I do miss that. 
but uh, yeah when the camera like zooms in it's like a david fincher movie for a second yeah i love that shit um but truly like every single one like one through nine even hobbs and shaw all have at least one iconic nas scene yeah they gotta hold that until the end the people know what's coming i truly believe because they um they're setting it up that uh, t- I don't know if you guys saw this, but Vin Diesel was talking about like in a press junket recently that they're setting up ten and eleven to be the final chapters, but it's going to be a two-parter. They're filming it back to back, like race wars like, and race wars <laughs> and uh, race game and 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 race and in car race. In, in, uh, infinity cars. Uh, <laughs> um, I I kind of believe that it's gonna be like cypher charlie theron's character like having to get like all six of the stones <laughs> but like one of them is like a, a keg of corona one is like a thing of nas like um, <laughs> just some like i don't know like <laughs> um but no i truly it, it's just really cool to me that like he's not just gonna keep going like he of course vin diesel's planning out like a truly cinematic end <laughs> you know what, King? You deserve it. Like you truly deserve it. Yeah, he like, can't. He can't keep doing this. He's no Helen Mirren. He can't keep doing this when he's old. I, Helen Mirren is so ridiculous in these movies. Like <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, she's absolutely ridiculous in uh, both of the movies that she's in in this franchise. Um, I forgot yeah. to mention earlier. I got a chance to see the first Fast uh, in theaters a couple weeks ago because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because theaters are like doing everything they can to get people to come out. They're showing a bunch of old movies and they had the Fast and the Furious. So we we actually like rented out a theater for Hunter's birthday. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, Gaia surprised him and we all met up at, at the theater. It was so awesome. And uh, man, that movie plays well on the big screen. It's like it's like easily in my top three of the whole series just because of like how good it was in in the in the theater like god it played so well yeah i saw it for the first time in a drive-in like as the sun was setting on a beach and it was like iconic literally yeah i'm looking because i just updated my ranking today after seeing the night (laughs) and like i i have it at number four like i think five because currently like my top five is fast five then it goes furious seven then six, and then number uh, the first movie is number four, and then I have Fast Nine at number five. Um, so, I I but I think the first movie holds up like really well, and especially like the more. I, I think another thing that I loved about Nine is that like it really ties into the first movie, like it it really goes back to like the very beginning in a way that's like inventive, like like there's a lot of scenes that Dom talks about in the first movie, like. I don't want to spoil it, but like they scenes that he talked about in the first movie about his past that are literally beat for beat recreated in the ninth one. And it's like, as a fast fan, you're just kind of like, again, they fucking care. Like they, they remember, they care. And they They remember everything about his father. They, (laughs) that's true. A plus. Um, but yeah, no, this is a perfect movie. Um, there's literally nothing wrong with it. I, I will not hear anything else, um, quite frankly. 
And if you want to talk to me about that, if you have an issue, I simply will not listen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. So, I mean, this, I guess that's kind of it, right? Uh, Do you have any final thoughts, Ernie? Um, Yeah. Just a couple like random notes. Uh, I had you post on your no context fast account, the intro of Dom in this movie where he because he pulls up in the charger like we see it's his charger but we don't see his face he's like shrouded kind of yeah in shadow and we don't actually see his face until the (laughs) side of the train is like like lasered off and flies off the train and then he like emerges (laughs) from the smoke (laughs) i so good no like genuinely like maybe top 10 like character reveals of all time yeah, that's that's like a stand up and cheer moment, and it comes so early on. And like we already talked about that train sequence, but like, oh, that's also another uh, practical moment. I think that you already mentioned the 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 trailer, like the truck like crashing into the train. Yeah. Yes, I watched the special features for this. Crazy. Um, the last time that I rewatched it, like a few few weeks ago, um, I watched the special features and they showed the footage, like the B roll footage. Of the the cart like crashing into the train and like it like it used they catch it on camera, but like the train almost tilts over, but it just leans back up just enough to keep on track. But there's a, almost a moment like if it was like a hair like like faster or stronger like crashing in, it would have completely tipped the train over. It derailed. Like would have completely derailed the scene. Uh, literally. I mean that's that's like, just monumental stuff. Like it's so cool. Um, and that's this why this movie I, changed the world, man. I well, like, and I feel like that's why I made such a big deal out of like Justin Lin returning for Fast Nine because again, James Wan and even F. Gary Gray, who I, I thought Fate of the Furious was a super fun movie, but when it was announced that Justin Lin was coming back for Nine, and he's also doing Ten and Eleven as well. Like, oh he, wow, man, um, that's insane. so he's getting to close it up, which feels right because he's been around since Tokyo Drift. Um, it just it, it excites me because like he i think has the best understanding of not only these characters but of the action and the uh the general appeal of this franchise mm-hmm. i like his star trek movie a lot star trek was, beyond is really just, fun i was literally just talking about this with somebody last night because uh, she she's like a big star trek person and um, I told her like I, I'm like I'm not a big Trekkie. I've literally only seen the Abrams movies. And yeah, that's it. the I've first Abrams them. is so good. It's fantastic. And uh, then Into Darkness is just like a wet fart. It's like I think it's like okay. Like I think it's like there's some like really good stuff in there. I think everyone is like really into the roles, and that's kind of infectious. But like I, the con thing doesn't really work. And yeah, but, uh, but can we lot, can we merge? Fast with Trek. Well, I don't know if you heard any, but there's rumors that they're merging Jurassic Park and Fast. Uh, that is insane. I it will it will never happen, but at the same time, um, Universal. If you need a screenwriter, I I'm literally just a phone call away. I'll because I I kind of what's your pitch? The pitch, okay. <laughs> here we go let's go so we we've talked about how uh dom loves nas right and how how okay so in back to the future right 
<laughs> now you're roping in Back to the Future with this. I see. Oh, you're I'm just like, gonna like entire- like on the Space Jam episode when we talked about every WB property being involved. You're just gonna do that with Universal and the next Fast and Furious no, movie. Hear me. I'm not bringing him Back to the Future, but I'm just using the logic. Okay, okay, okay. Because the entire thing with Back to the Future is like he goes fast enough that he's like able to go through time itself, right? Like that's why he has the DeLorean. Um, and so it's like if he pumps the Nas just fast enough and goes in a straight line, he can break the time continuum. And he goes in to like, I don't want to say he goes back in time, but he maybe goes to a different universe, the Jurassic Ooh. Park universe. And he, so like, you know, the scene in Back to the Future, like when the DeLorean goes through time itself and it like lands somewhere else. I want him to directly crash land into a T Rex's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the, that's the logical progression, right? Like, how will we ever stop these rampaging dinosaurs Um, with car? We're gonna, and I have the perfect idea here. You know how, how in Jurassic World, like Chris Pratt, uh, like uh, trains the Velociraptors. Um, I want this to be like I want Vin to like win over the Velociraptors, but like how Arnold wins over that uh, one reindeer and Jingle All the Way with giving him fear. <laughs> I want him to give the Velociraptor uh, Coronas. And I... <laughs> Ernie's like fully. That's, right that's perfect. <laughs> God, we need to get this to an executive right now. Just printing money. Absolutely I, printing money. And the thing is, I don't want to reveal all my ideas right away. But <laughs> yeah, we know, that, uh, we know that Universal's listening. We do. We do know yeah. that. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they invited me to the press screen today, so I'm on yeah, their right. list. Yeah, They That's have my point. contact. They, they know where to find me. It's like in Fast Six when Hobbs like shows up to his to Dom's door, and it's like that's going to be them. Like the execs kind of dudes. Like, yeah, somebody's actually I'm pissed not- right now that you just guessed exactly what they've been paying a screenwriter like millions of dollars to work on. <laughs> like, this guy just figured it out. <laughs> I I genuinely don't think like anyone could ever top that like no one could ever do it better than i could and i i say that with absolutely i have like no big brain energy here i just i have a fundamental understanding of not only logic in good filmmaking but also the lore of this franchise so what i'm saying is if you want and also as someone who's like favorite movie of all time is jurassic park like come on guys give it to me like let me just let me make a movie that's what are question. some other universal properties that could go in that can be slotted in? Can we put in uh, Bruce Almighty? Um, we could. We could. Theoretically, we could. No, we do love, have an Almighty, not Love Bruce Actually. <laughs> love Actually. Um, yeah. um, we got a. Can we hear a Jaws? Oh, let's get E.T. Oh, shit. Wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so E.T.'s it's re- like weird planet at the end of the ride. It's revealed. In the trailer for Fast Night, so I'm not spoiling anything, but like they go to like space at a certain point because like they they drive the they it's shown in the trailer. Yeah, um, you know how you drive to space. You just you drive there. It, it's so <laughs> fucking funny to me too. It's so good. Because um, like there's a scene where Luda's like talking about like physics, and it's just like, dude, shut up. Like it's <laughs> like stop. Um, but uh, I, I'm saying they could drive that same Pontiac Fiero, but like to ET's home planet. 
um, because they have a war with the dinosaurs, and they the only people they can go to to help is E.T.'s race. Um, yeah, and then there's yeah. Steven Spielberg uh, right before the movie saying, Hi, I'm Steven Spielberg. You need to help E.T. get home to his home planet. Um, <laughs> That's like the pre-show to the movie. You know what? I, I have a perfect idea here. Hear me out. What? Cats. No. Oh, I- <laughs> You're going too far. You can't do this to me. But <laughs> Fast is so nice and wholesome. I don't want those creatures They're infecting. I have an idea. Go for it. The next one, the race, is on the island of Calicari in Greece. And ah. <laughs> they host the family. Yeah. For a nice Greek dinner at uh, at Donna's hotel. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that Donna's gonna have a keg of Corona? Are you telling yeah. me? She that... had to get it imported from the mainland. Yeah. Um, Bill and Harry are gonna pump the Nas. Uh, God. Mm-hmm. I, wait. <gasps> oh, this this oh, could this could actually make perfect sense. There would be donkeys involved because, like, that's what like walks around on their on their streets, you know. They um, like use them to carry things. Donkeys in, would race. The end credit sequence is the cast of Mamma Mia and Vin Diesel doing a musical number to feel like I do. <laughs> I yield my time. I yield my time. <laughs> I don't know you, but it feels like I do. Man, that was the bop of... Was that last year? That was, was that summer 20- 20... He knew that people were going through a hard time, and he knew that Fast Nine was coming out. That song sent me into like another realm. It's literally so fucking funny. He needs to release a new one. Like the people need him. Like Lord uh, Solar Power, who gives a fuck? Uh, Where's the new Vin Diesel? Like I, I want the new Diesel track. Like let's (laughs) like I (laughs) like Drop It King. Um, okay. uh, Bullshit aside. in Any conclusion, other... good movie. Yeah. Um, um, I I had I had another thought about the main point of uh, like this kind of being like a meathead movie. You know, how we we were kind of saying that on a very surface level, it could be that. And I remember Kira, you were saying that like there are people like that. Like, there's definitely people like that that are very car people. You know, and all I can think about is just like. You know, ladies, would you swipe right on a car profile picture? You know, that's kind of what this movie makes you grapple with, essentially. Because yeah. <laughs> it makes you think that there's, like, something deeper there? Or you mean, like... Like, it, on first thought, it's, like, a definite no. Like, why would anybody in their right mind do that? But then you think about, like, you know, maybe this guy cares about family. I just... I want to say I know a lot of people that it's like they're the exact people that you're describing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the weird thing. They are the people that don't like this franchise anymore. They're the people that I was aforementioning that are like, oh, okay. Oh, I miss when it was about street racing. Like, they don't care anymore. They they don't like the espionage. They don't like the yeah. um, so what we So what we need is uh, the next the next target audience is going to be like the backstories of like the men that like hold up fish in their profile pictures. Mm-hmm. We need to humanize them and give them a backstory. We 
need to reclaim fish. We need to stop giving. <laughs> I want to see a picture of the fish being thrown back in the water. Like I want to swipe, mm-hmm. and that should be the very next photo. Uh, Henry Winkler is the one and only man. Yeah. I... Oh my God. Yeah. The most wholesome pose. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he's just so happy. Like he's always so like excited. He's like, I caught the the basil neck trout. 2000 and i'm like yeah king yeah you did just in all lowercase letters no punctuation oh my happy saturday (laughs) (laughs) i love him so much he's always smiling like all the way like a full big big smile um yeah i love him so dearly um you know what we have my guy is taking his sweet time with barry season three what's going on yes um I'll say, we have Helen Mirren in these fast movies. Let's get Henry Winkler behind the wheel. Oh, like, please. Let's... Literally. I, we need him. We, we need the Winkler energy. We need him to come to the Toretto family barbecue. Well, you know how Idris was like a motorcycle guy in Hobbs and Shaw? Yes. What if um, Winkler's like a jet ski guy? <laughs> do we need wheels i know uh, i feel like we need wheels it has to be wheels wait have we had water. a boat scene other than like too fast but like has there been like an actual like boat like on water scene no because that's what i'm saying it has to be wheels you need wait, the wheels because I, th- I feel like we're onto something because like we have there's like a few things we haven't seen in the fast movie before that i feel like we are going to see in the next two we haven't seen like an on the water scene, and we haven't seen a volcano. I'm waiting for the volcano. Like, we, well, we, we need more underwater. We we need on water, and we need underwater. Well, yeah, I feel like well, this, these, there's a sub. Sub. Well, you yeah, know what I'm thinking? Yeah. Like the Mario Kart like tracks, where it's like you go in the tunnels. Why like, do you say Mario? Wall. It's Mario. She's a New Yorker. Adam. Mario. We've been Mario. we've definitely been over this before. Okay. I know. We live in we live in Florida. We're the ones who say it wrong. No, we're the ones who say it right. Mario. <laughs> let's never let's never validate it. Okay, you know, you know Mario's from Manhattan. <laughs> you know the uh the the um the Nintendo red plumber man cart levels when there's the tunnels going under the water i would like to see a race in one of those while like sharks swim by that's amazing and the shark is trying to like break into the tunnel or something like the meg or something you're you're describing speed racer oh yeah masterpiece by the way um uh if you i i am convinced we're gonna get an underwater fast and furious scene at some point but to hold you guys over until then if i could recommend another diesel property it's that of Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage. And there's literally a scene in that movie where uh, Vin gets on a motorbike and then has somehow drives it underwater. <laughs> and it's like he does that underwater, but then he like jet skis through a jungle. Like it's really, it's, it's absolutely absurd. It's, it's maybe one of the top 10 craziest movies I've ever seen, but. Uh, it's also fucking awesome. So I, I to hold you guys over for Diesel Underwater, uh, check that out. It's a great movie. Salute, mi Salute. familia. Um, <laughs> how about you, Kira? Any final thoughts? 
Listen, I was confused. I was dozing off, but that didn't mean that I didn't have a great time watching it. And I feel like that's, that's me just, with every Zillennium. That's us every week. We, we, that's we, every we week. Might, we might be sleepy. We might not know what the fuck we're saying, but God damn it, did we have a good time? Oh, I meant watching the movie, but yeah, I guess I guess this episode too, sure. But um, yeah. yeah, one thing that I have to say though is regarding the aesthetics of the movie, which is very Zillennial. Um, it's funny the timeline when you think about it. Sean and I were discussing this while we were watching it. How the aesthetics of ones like Tokyo Drift and I guess this, like I guess like all of them, but like I'm specifically looking at like the costumes of like the background, like women who are like dancing or whatever or at the races. It's like the aesthetics of like the world are obviously changing like in real life and like fashion but I feel like they always have to constantly stick to this like 2000s weird like mini skirt like tan like thong showing fashion because of the way that the timeline is and because of the way these like people kind of expect that kind of stuff in these movies a little bit you yeah, know, the, it's again that surface level viewing of like your most basic person that ju- is just going to the movie to see that kind of stuff. It's trying no, to yeah. throw them a bone. Yeah, but I mean, like the specific like fashion um, and like makeup styles and stuff is very like like it. It feels not. It it doesn't feel like 2011, um, and it's funny because. Um, yeah, like I'm just waiting to see like Instagram like makeup soon on, um, on the on the female extras. I feel like Fast Six was the one that was like it fully goes off into like trying to like modernize it all because again I said that like this one's like very scrappy, but like Six like all the scenes in Britain like especially I'm thinking about the scene with Rita Ora in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, like she's like fully like it looks like a fashion line like what she's wearing and like every girl in britain is wearing in that movie it, it, it looks cool but there's something about like all the stuff that like the main characters wear it's all very tactical it doesn't look- yeah yeah like I, I think in the first one like i was like extremely impressed with the fashion like especially like letty's outfits yes. because she Iconic. wears like yeah, she wears like new rock shoes and like so do all the girls in like the house party and like the like platform sneakers and stuff. And then like now I feel like they just wear like t-shirts, but like it's still like wait, Adam, didn't you say something about like Vin Diesel's t-shirt? Where you're oh, like I sent what the Twitter thing that I sent you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's um, just like a plain white shirt. Like yeah, there's a Twitter thing where it was just like a, a, a screenshot of like a old navy Adam. So it's like a plain white t shirt and it was like and then the catch on Twitter was like, I wish you had the confidence to pull this off. And then I sent it to Kira said, This is Dominic Toretto. It's is it the white the white shirt or the tank top full today? Like Exactly, yeah. The chain too. The cross. Yeah, yeah, I can't forget the cross. Oh, that's another one of the Infinity Stones. I, I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned the Nas and the that's the that's the last one. Like when Vision dies in Infinity War, and they get the mind, like, that's the last one. It's like he they took the cross, and then like Dom's gonna be like, "What happened?" Like, 
<laughs> oh, but then like half of all of the imports of beer disappear from the world and they have to get it back. Um, half of the cars of the universe disappear. All the resources are gone. Uh, you can't pump any more Nas. That's so what... wait, so you have three you have three out of six infinity stones or three out of five? I is it uh, six? There's six, yeah, because it's on like each finger and then like in the middle. Um one of them has to be the tuna sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> with no cross. So yeah. that's no cross. Five. That's four. Bullshit oh. asshole. No one like, likes the tuna here. Um okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um I'm trying to think. Uh, what else is there? Like, I like a, a constant in these movies. Um, uh, whatever Han is munching on. Yeah, like a yeah. bag of chips or something. Yeah. Or like one singular chip. Yes. Absolutely. That's like, no, like a singular chip that he like dropped and it's like under the seat of his car. Maybe the way that you tie Hobbs back into the franchise is the one of the first ones you get is you get his baby oil. <laughs> and that's what pulls him back he's like i gotta get my team back together and that's how you pop off um so yeah that's six right there right there we go we got it um we 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 have it um universal let me write these movies I'll the secret six one is tyree saying breh <laughs> no it's uh paul walker saying forget about it cuh um <laughs> so fucking funny we didn't um, talk enough about uh paul walker man i i know we have to wrap it up but r.i.p i think this was like the perfect vehicle for him pun yeah. intended um <laughs> and yeah. he shines in this role and he gets better and better with each movie um yeah. and it's beautiful how they say goodbye to him in furious seven and brought a tear to my eye no i remember seeing furious seven and like the send off to Paul is like I I don't know if I've ever and I mean this genuinely I don't know if I've ever cried that hard in a movie and it's because it's it it's different than like when a movie makes me cry like narratively like this is like it, it very much struck like a real life chord obviously like I thought I was gonna laugh at the song because the song has no. like become a meme but yeah. it genuinely works like it has like an emotional yeah. resonance with yeah in the context of like what they're going for and like in especially like when you know like the real life history of like uh, by the way, I like I read up on like the various because like I knew that James Wan had to like finish the movie after Paul Walker died, and it's very devastating. But I was reading up recently about like, and I was watching like featurettes on like what it was actually like to do that, and like the very specific things, and like having to get Paul Walker's brother on set to like be a stand-in for him at points, and how that was super emotional. But they did it because they wanted to give him a send-off, and you also like find out like what the story was going to be like before they were, they paid a lot of attention to his character in that movie. More Kurt way, Russell. Like, yeah, more Kurt Russell, more, um, more sequel setup towards the end, if I'm not mistaken. But something I love about Fury seven is that it's very like closed ended. Like they don't, they just give all the attention to Paul Walker's character and it, it's super endearing and it were, and it's honestly really impressive how, they make it work like a story that had no connection to that prior, obviously. And they somehow happen to have a completely separate original story, be a send off for a character. Like, cause his entire thing in that movie is like, Oh, this is my last job. This is my, this is my last thing. And then it actually turns out to be his last, his mission. And 
yeah, I don't know. It just it makes it work all the better. And that movie's beautiful. It's genuinely beautiful. So. Yeah, I agree. It's it's great. But you're right. He he pops off in this movie. He's great. He's super endearing, and he you're right. He only gets better as the movies go on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everything about this just kind of perfect. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's my final thought. It's perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't wait to go forth and uh, finish it somehow. Yes, one some, day, some way, somehow. Um, Maybe by yeah, the tenth one, one, I'll be done, and Adam and I can watch it together. Yes, we'll be, we'll both be like rid of, uh, like the world will be healed by that point. Then uh, we'll be dropping his newest EP. We'll all be yeah. Right. We'll do a listening party. Yeah, yeah, um, and then. One thing I have to say is that I think it was, like, Attractions Magazine or something. They posted um, Dom's car is, like, in Universal right now. Oh, because there's that ride. Yeah, but his car is just sitting there. The ride, and I've never once talked ill about anything fascinating. Adam and I are going to go on it together in September. I don't get why they don't put you in a car. (laughs) Well... Um, you should be it, in a car. Like, I like how every episode we somehow get back to theme parks. It's so funny to me. Yeah. But, like, but um, to that point, it, it feels like a missed opportunity because um, back when Back to the Future, the ride was closing, the two um, like options were the Simpsons ride, which is what it became, or the alternative was the Fast and Furious. But around the time that they were considering that, that was in the Tokyo Drift era, which was a success to an extent but it wasn't like let's build a ride around this like the the franchise was a little more uncertain in the mid 2000s but i feel like that would have been a perfect fit because that ride it's like the delorean that you you just like put other cars in there like you get to pick the car that you go into it's like do a test track even like do a test yeah. track kind of ride. but uh supercharged is terrible because you're just like in a fucking like tour bus and you have like a 360 screen around you with like terrible cgi and like music and like i you're gonna be hard pressed to see me talk shit about something fast and furious but that is genuinely the worst theme park attraction i've ever been on in my life (laughs) (laughs) terrible but but um, yeah i uh i wish that dom's car was there so that we could take a picture of it uh in front of it this fall um, but i added the charger yeah i I don't think it's saying a ride so terrible the weight queue is amazing because it's through the toretto garage like you go through the you see all the different cars like they have the the red car from furious six um and like uh they have uh, brian's car from like the blue skyline um i know they inter like they change them all up here and there but like you, you see like a lot of the cars they actually use in the movies in the queue for uh, the ride so that's i guess if, if anything's worth it it's that the queue yeah. is really all right, yeah. that's enough for me. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with you said uh, like Reynolds Woodcock. Uh, oh no, wait, not Reynolds Woodcock. I was thinking of just Daniel Day Lewis. Um, <laughs> you can tell I'm really tired. In uh, there will be blood. Just I'm finished. <laughs> um, you after talking about Vin Diesel for I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm just genuinely. Like I, after seeing Fast Nine and after doing the whole series rewatch in like the year or two of anticipation, I feel like today feels like 
I, I'm kind of closing this chapter of my life where it's like, damn, I really spent like two years hyping this up and being annoying on Twitter about it. And like now, <laughs> now we've done the pod. Now it's coming out. There's no questions. It's not getting bumped. I've seen the movie, right? So it's coming out. Yeah. Um, remember weekend. when we remember when we did the uh, was it the Tokyo Drift episode when we were like oh yeah it's coming out really soon and then it was immediately the moment we dropped the episode it was delayed again. I was I remember just I I almost cried that day I was like I can't keep doing this. They like they called their shot. Everybody was like oh yeah COVID's gonna go away in like two weeks guys and fast and I was like we're punting this to next summer. They're like the yeah. first ones. It's funny. Uh, Toretto was the first person to issue a mask mandate. Um, yeah. He 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 knew what he was doing because um, he he knows the importance of family. He knows the importance of public Salute. health. Salute, exactly. Salute. Um, Ernie, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on this episode. It was oh, a thank you so much. Oh, I would do it for familia. That's what you are. <laughs> um, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't. I, I'm coming on the pod for Fast Nine, right? I think that's you the plan. That. That's right. the plan. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to. I, I thought I, that was true, but I was like, I hope I'm not like inviting myself on. No, but. no, we've been we've been talking about this for <laughs> a long time. It's coming. It's coming. It's here, right. and it's perfect because we are just now wrapping up our Nicolas Cage series. We have one episode left. We've spent f- the last four months of our lives watching. Uh, the Nicolas Cage canon of movies. Not everything, obviously, but a selection. 16 movies. And yeah. our last one is coming out next week with uh, Kick-Ass. So. Great movie. Um, nice. Love that movie yeah. so much. So subscribe to, subscribe to We Bought a Mic if you want to hear that. And also, we're covering the Tribeca Film Festival from home. So we have a lot of interviews with filmmakers from the festival. Um, it's been wild. It's so crazy to like be able to have even just short little 15 minute conversations with the people who made these movies. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I don't know if you have to see the movies before you listen to the episodes. I'm sure you can still get a lot out of it. Um, but there's a couple of them that like really hit me and I think are going to be kind of big deals, uh, once they actually come out. Um, I, there's some I, good stuff. I haven't listened to all the Tribeca coverage yet because I haven't seen all the movies. But I listened to your guys' interview with uh, Jonah Feingold and uh, Jerry Ferrara, I believe his name is. Yeah. Um, I, I watched Dating in New York and I loved it. I thought it was a delightful movie. Um, yeah, it's like Harry Met Sally, but for the millennial generation. Yeah, really, that's why I texted Kira like halfway through. I'm like, this movie's like kind of like for the pod. Like, it, I can't wait to watch it. I it, really can't. Uh, Jabuki is fantastic in it as he is with everything. It, it's a really really good movie. Um, uh, but your your guys' episode uh, where you guys talked to them uh, loved that. That was great. He uh, They were he, so nice. They gave us so much time. Like they were the kindest people. It's so crazy. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know Ernie and Drew and Hunter, they're all my friends. Uh, but I'm not just saying this when I say the Wabam boys kill it weekly, whether or not they're doing Tribeca coverage, Nick Cage coverage, uh, whatever else coverage, they are always <laughs> delighted to not only talk to, but listen to. Uh, I love to like just like blast it like in my car or something, just talk back to like 
the speakers as if you guys can hear me because it feels like we're all hanging out again and it's great um, we can we can feel you we can feel yeah. you <laughs> um definitely check out what bam anything else you want to plug uh no just that visit our cool new website um yes. we're also writing some stuff on there we don't have too much but Hunter just published a little Tribeca recap because he saw the most movies out of anybody. So he does like a little, I think it's like he's kind of doing a little bit of a, of an analysis of the festival from home experience to right. let people know what, what that's like. And honestly, like it sucks to watch a lot of these movies from home and not in a theater, but it's the only way we could have really done Tribeca because like we're not going to go to New York and get a hotel like on. I mean, that maybe one day that could be fun to like yeah. be in that level of stress and be running around from screening <laughs> to screening. But uh, it's I think in his article, he kind of like compare and contrast the the pros and cons of the, you know, the trade offs of the festival at home. So. We bought a mic.net if you want to check that out. And beyond Cage, we're just going to try to take it easy and take these new movies as they come. We got, you know, some good stuff coming out now that theaters are opening. So that's pretty much what we'll be talking about, um, at least for these next few months. And at some point, we'll do another series because it's been a lot of fun uh, doing yeah. Cage. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Well, I was, I was talking to, um, uh, Joey from AOK -okay about like the most fun I had doing that pod is when we do like series, like when we, when we would come on, like when we did the mission impossible stuff where we had Hunter on for that, or when we did the Spider-Man series, like that was, that's always the most fun. Cause it feels like the most loose, like you're, it's, it's something a consequence. You're kind of like, it's almost like a retrospective and it's, it's always fun to do those episodes. And um, you guys did a great job. And I was on for the national treasure episode. I know mm -hmm. Kira was on for the drug. Um, but, Moonstruck, uh, Moonstruck has really stuck with me as one of the best ones of the whole series. I really love that movie. Great movie. Yeah, um, it's like his most solid performance probably out of like his whole career, honestly. And Cher um, too. Yeah. Cher is so good. Great, great performance. Great movie. Great Cage. Oh, 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 one last thing. Uh, Cage. <laughs> let's get him in fast. Just saying. Oh my god. Yeah. I've been thinking about that. It, yeah, he would have to be like a villain, definitely. He's a I think he should be a villain, but like turned ally by the end, right? Yeah. Like, it would be so weird to see him at the barbecue, I, man. I, just, I could just I could just imagine him being like like shaking Vin Diesel's hand. He's like, Yeah, you're not so bad yourself. He's, <laughs> he walks and up. then Vin Diesel's like mm. You walk Tyree. You're um you're you're burning the barbecue. You are burning the ribs. I like a pristine cut, a fillet, if you will. Like God, I no, it's almost like weird. Like I feel like he's one of those actors where it kind of doesn't make sense that he hasn't done it yet because he's done literally everything else, you know. He he's done he's had he's had his Marvel movies with Ghost Rider, he's he had kick ass. He had the Disney movies. Let's do a fast movie, buddy. Hey, let's, let's... Ghost Rider. He's on a he's on a motorcycle. So, are you suggesting that we may are we gonna get Johnny Cage in the the Fast and Furious cinematic universe? <laughs> I'm not not saying that. 
I, it is a tragedy that you guys are cutting off in 2010 with Kick-Ass and you're not going to cover Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance where Cage pisses fire in that movie. It, it's see fucking this. incredible. Have I'm you seen that movie? See, no, I only saw the first one and it was oh, dog shit. The second one is awful, but there are some really fun moments because it's from the directors of Crank. Uh, so they kind of go all off with it. Well, the first one has Ava Mendez. So there's yes. your fast, there's your two fast connection oh, right I there. See what you're, this is too much for me to handle. Uh, we got to call Drew Dietzen on the pod because I, this is like his conspiracy theories. Like he, he's the only man that can make sense of this. Uh, connecting the dots. Um, Kira, anything you want to plug? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler, where I will unfortunately have to adopt a new personality now that Fast 9 is coming out this weekend. <laughs> um, uh, what will Ride it be the wave, about? man. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's that? I said ride the wave. Oh, ride the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to, but it's going to be a long time before Fast 10, so I'm just... Uh, I got to buckle in and pump the Nas to get to that date. Um, and on Aggressively OK Podcast, we're still uh, we're still doing things. Uh, we're going a little bit steady with distribution, but I feel like that makes it all the more fun is when we take time and we... Uh, we, we do episodes that we care about and it's, it's all Joey's fun. living a, a, a post uh, award winner uh, life. It's very absent. Well, <laughs> well I Aloof. invited him to the press screening today of uh, uh, fast nine, but he texted me. He's like, Oh, I can't make it. I'm uh, I'm, I'm working. And I'm like, Joey, you're an award winner. Like just walk out. Like, they just say, I'm going to claim filmmaker. Like, just yeah. Walk out. um so i think in conclusion all we can say is um pop off open your get your kegs of corona uh get your fryers ready like get the barbecue going uh and let's get ready to say grace to our lord and savior vin diesel because uh dominic toretto yeah dominic toretto there, I just want to say, there's a, this is not even a spoiler, but like there's a scene in Fast 9 where he tells his son, he said, his son asks him, he's like, God's in my heart? And then Dom literally replies like, yes, I'm in your heart. I'm like, wait, are you implying that you're God? Like, I, it, the movie actually implies that Vin Diesel is Jesus Christ. So I like where that's heading. I... I like that. I like that direction for the franchise. If that's if that's canon. Okay, that's my last. Oh, by the way, that's my last. My, that's my last tangent. That's my okay. last one. I'm, I'm fully <laughs> done at the point. Thank you both for having me on. It's been a blast. Yeah. It's been well, goodbye to our listeners. <laughs> Salute. Cheers. Salute. All of them. You know the family. Bye. What? What an honor.